Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. One of the... Uh coolest parts of tonight's interview is that uh alex was the one who uh networked here and uh brought me into the circle with uh antonio our uh our uh guest that we have on this show and uh, we're gonna hear all about the new tool i think is probably a good word for it. it's an app based tool but a new tool for hunters hunt planners um, i think alex is going to get a lot of use out of this over at east west hunts probably already has knowing alex <laughs> and uh it's uh pretty exciting and you know one of the things i am really happy to see is when i was doing the read-up on uh the harvest score website i noticed that you guys gave a uh, a shout out or nod if you will, to uh, shed hunting, it's got it's got a it's got a spot for uh, shed hunters to use it. So I'm pretty stoked about that. We'll get into that though later. And uh, you know, as as we are as hunters, you know, kind of have to have that a uh, little bit of credibility build up here. So um, one of the things we like to do is uh, um, ask guys, hey, what was your best day of hunting? So Antonio. Take us into uh, your best day of hunting. Paint that picture for us, man. Yeah, man, that's a lot of years to think about. You know, I'll tell you my best day, but I will tell you that my connection and meeting with Alex from East to West Hunts led to probably one of the most emotional days of hunting of my entire life. And maybe we'll get into that story a little oh, bit later. Oh, really? Well, yeah, um, tell them both, man. We got to hear. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's kind of a cliffhanger right there we'll go to the best day okay uh, sounds good so i got uh sucked into the the western hunting uh probably you know 11 years ago now where i really took it seriously like it's something i've always wanted to do i grew up uh, in upstate new york uh plenty sure. of white-tailed deer hunting up here you can get as many tags as you want for, for you know 60 bucks <laughs> uh, oh man so a lot of opportunity but um Few years of planning and some friends and my wife's from arizona just to give you some context how i started to build a little bit of a western connection mm-hmm. was, uh taking advantage of what used to be a pure over-the-counter archery uh, deer tag in arizona and um that would be kind of when the deer were running and some of the best experiences i've ever had hunting with a bow were chasing mule deer around uh, northern arizona oh that's awesome and, uh, we see the first couple of years when I was doing this, we seemed to hit it just when the rut was really strong. And I think the area we were hunting wasn't too popular yet. I think that changed in, in, over time. Sure. Uh, but man, we were seeing and putting stocks on 15, what I would call shooter deer a day, just mm. running around like crazy, you know, some. Some of my Arizona friends teaching me how to glass like a true Western hunter. That was a, a good learning curve for me. Um, but that was such an exciting experience. And I'm really glad it came early in my uh, Western hunting career because uh, I've had a lot of harder days since. And, you know, it really kind of sucked me in and I never turned back. But, man, we would go up there. 
you know, this is late December or even the transition to January, that first week of January. And Northern Arizona, you could get a 60 degree day or you can get eight inches of snow sometimes in the same day. Oh, like, man. Like yeah. the temperatures, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're just getting anywhere we can glass. And, and I couldn't believe it. Just spot a doe and you wait 10 minutes, you're going to find a buck and you keep glassing. Like it was so good. And I had some buddies with me. We just stalked and stalked and stalked. And, you know, fail nine out of 10 times. It's definitely a hard hunt, which is why it was over the counter, but it was super exciting, right? I mean, I was getting within 100 yards of these bucks stalking on the ground. Time and time again, that was enough excitement for me, let alone tag me out if that was not <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. But, you know, you were in it with them. That was the really great part. Uh, most of the time I'd get busted by the doe. The bucks didn't care. Um, you know, we're talking about probably 130-inch mule deer all the way up to, I would honestly say we saw some 160s, 170s, maybe even a couple 180s over time. Wow. It's um, awesome. There was a couple that, you know, made our jaws drop for sure. Uh, just such a great, great day. Um, and it's actually, the funny part of this story is my first, like, real Western hunt was this. And I shot my first mule deer with a bow on the first day at lunchtime. Wow. Nice. And, you know, I, I made some notes for tonight's show, and we'll talk about things like skill versus luck, and you, I think you need both. And oh, no that doubt. day was 99.9% .9 luck. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no question, right? Um, I thought I had deer skills, but I had no Western hunting skills. And we were blessed with some of the heaviest, most populated action I've ever seen of quality deer and you know we tried a bunch of things all morning long on the first day and right around lunchtime wind was blowing like crazy which we thought was going to hurt us and then it ended up just like pulling the deer up in these little shelves where they were out of the wind so i snuck in from one ridge and just kind of sat down because they had just been crisscrossing back and forth kneeled down behind a little juniper tree and I could see my buddies glassing, you know, from where we saw the deer, maybe four or 500 yards away, you know, giving me signals. And just, I knew I was in it because I could see the doe kind of walking around. And this buck just beelined out of nowhere right for me. Uh, I was on my, I ended up on my, my rear end on the ground because he caught me at an angle where I had to like sit down really quick and hide myself. And if he had come to my right side, there's no way I would have been able to shoot my bow. <laughs> right, right, right from my bush goes to my strong side right between two bushes eight yards i was able to draw the bow from a seated position on the ground which is not a good shooting position for no. that's that's tough to draw <laughs> it's tough to draw a bow from a seated position it was so close like the moment i saw his like eyeball at that distance and he caught my reflection and i saw it i just let that arrow rip and it was it was history from there right it that's hit, so cool the sound the buck the jump and the funny part was he jumped out of my sight instantly. I knew I hit him and my buddies could see the whole thing, everything going on. They watched the arrow come out the other side. They could see him running. And all I can see is these guys jumping up and down. Just like this. <laughs> I'm just wildly emotional. I was like, I can't believe I just did this. Uh, I can't believe, uh, I, I hope we recover him. Right. And he doesn't go too far. And I'm just like shaking. That was amazing. And I was like, I know it's harder than this, but that was good fortune. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. 
Yeah, that is that is a great day of hunting. I like what you said there too about the luck side of it. Uh, uh, sometimes when I have a moment like that, because I think if you hunt enough you do and and then you have to ask yourself okay are you just creating your own luck by you know just being out there at the right times and everything i don't it's it's hard to say right but i agree with you i think uh there's definitely a a luck factor to successful hunting but sometimes i get really lucky when i'm hunting like that not that lucky that was that's just crazy man your first day of, (laughs) of western hunting with a bow but uh when I almost get this anxiety when the next season is kicking up because after you tag a a nice animal like that, like the rest of hunting season is gravy. You know, anything that you get beyond that, you're just like, man, this is, you know, this is the best season ever. But then like going into the next season when it's starting off and you're back at like, you know, tags filled zero at this point you know you're going into the season and you're like what if i don't get you know what if the cookie doesn't crumble my way again you know there's like almost this anxiety about not being able to have luck on your side (laughs) again but but uh you know i i last night Alex and I, we recorded with Nick Otto of Huntivore. That was such a great conversation, by the way. Uh, you can actually uh, go ahead and listen to that if you're uh, tuning in right now. Um, it's already up. But uh, Nick said something in there. He's like giving a little uh, lecture at the end. He's like, go ahead. and Because his big thing is is uh, <clears throat> like the culinary side of hunting. And he's like, go ahead and pull that you know, roast out of the freezer. You don't need to be so worried about not getting something again down the road. You're going to get something. And it's true. true. If you get out there often enough, you know, things line up. And, and uh, if you do your homework, which we're going to talk about tonight, how harvest score can help you with, uh, it's kind of like the cheat code, the answer sheet to doing your homework. Um, Then uh, you know, that those odds even improve for your, in your favor. So uh, it's, it's uh, definitely a part of it, though. I agree, man. The the luck side of it, but what an awesome day! What a what a, a great um, you know like sales pitch from the state of uh, Arizona there to get you coming back year after year after <laughs> after seeing something like that. But uh, yeah. that's 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 pretty spectacular. Now we got to find out here what was the story with Alex that you were referencing earlier. <laughs> yeah, so I, I made him cry. That's all. <laughs> what do you, what'd you do cheap shot him He's, kick him right in the achilles well, I, said he, I said i made i, I got him emotional so <laughs> 2022 was definitely a, a banner year for me but it was a it was a year where i think a lot of years of planning finally came together um you know i've been i've been waiting patiently for an elk tag in arizona uh-huh. um, maybe not, not as long as some people but you know a solid eight years which felt like 25 yeah, and uh, I was fortunate to draw an Arizona bull tag, which I was super excited for. And um, a couple guys I hunt with, you know, they all wanted to hunt, but obviously couldn't do Arizona. So we agreed to do another hunt this year. And so we, that's how I met Alex. We ended up doing an over-the-counter Colorado hunt before my Arizona hunt. And and my goals going into it were, let me just get some meat in the freezer because I would love the opportunity to just trophy hunt in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my wife loves elk meat, and if I don't come home with elk meat, all of it was a waste. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that that trophy hunting, you know, halfway through an Arizona hunt turns into I better get meat. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're so, shoot, uh, shooting a trophy cow at that point, right? Or yeah, is that's it, how I met Alex. Actually, I think we had we had traded some gear. Uh, I think I'd sold him a scope or something, and then uh, okay, he dropped me a line about his company, and we started chatting. And I was like, "Man, I'm super busy building this company. I'll tell you about a little bit later." <laughs> and uh, I could really use your help. You know, we want to try to do this over the counter hunt. It's not oh, my expectations, and that's how he hooked me up. Um, man, we raced to Arizona, uh, to Colorado. We drove from New York and, uh, basically got there the night before opening day. This is just the time we had, right? Sure. We knew it was going to be tough country. That's what we signed up for. And we went in day one hard. I mean, with a camp on our back goals to, to climb real high, get away from people into some wilderness and set up camp. And it was, you know, cold and snowy and, uh, we were exhausted. We were definitely fatigued from elevation. You know, not really much time to acclimate coming from, uh, you know, my house is like 600 feet of elevation above sea levels. So that was a quite a big difference. Yeah. And um, physically, the day was as tough as any as, as I've ever done. Um, but we were super excited. Uh, I had an emotional story. So we're, we're hiking up the mountain, right? This is day one. Me and my cousin super excited which i think is what's keeping us going for sure right (laughs) yeah right like it's day one you know the expectations aren't too high on this hunt but we're really excited to be here uh halfway up my wife calls me my wife is the only person that my phone will ever ring for right everybody else is vibrate or something i was like ah she knows not to call me on a hunt so i better take this right right yeah and uh you know we're good now, but she, she calls me and tells me, Hey, we were expecting a third child and, and she, she lost it. Oh, like that man. Day. oh, oh man. I'm so and, sorry, man. You know, I'm, I'm sharing this cause it's a way for me to kind of just like vent and say how important this was to me. So I'm sitting there on the phone and I'm telling her and my cousin, I'm like, listen, in a half day, I can be off this mountain to Colorado Springs or Denver and on a plane. I'll just come home. Like, this is, this is crazy. Right. I don't need to be hunting. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, my wife supported me through all this. And she's like, no, you go do this hunt and stick with it. And uh, we were fortunate that her mom was, was home with her. So she wasn't by herself. And then some family and friends came. And it was like, I sat there for a good hour, just like pondering, debating. Do I keep going? Do I not? Like, it was a crazy emotional roller yeah. coaster, right? And yep. you're trying to make that, that family decision that decision as a man and a leader and you know do i do this does she really mean go hunting or is this like code come home right right yeah yeah that's <laughs> reverse psychology myself, right? <laughs> you know i love kids and pretty emotional and um i was like well we're at least this far and we're gonna camp at least one night <laughs> i gotta sleep on this so that same day we spent the next couple hours getting up to the top and setting up camp we start setting up our tent. We're exhausted, eating snacks. And of course, you know, just curiosity while we're setting up camp, we got to set up our glass and look around a little bit, right? Man, yeah. it wasn't five minutes. I spot a herd of elk bedded, you know, 650 yards away. Oh, man. Like, oh, my God. Like this, is, like, this is happening right now, right here. And, you know, so we get all excited again. <laughs> you know, no energy, right? Yeah. Uh, Alex was a, was a big part on where we ended up going. So that was a huge, huge help for us. And uh, it's almost like he tied the elk up for us. <laughs> <laughs> you still had to make the shot, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on. 
it's quite a distance. There's wind. It's real thick, but we know there's a bunch of elk in there. And at first, we don't see any bulls, and it was only a bull tag I had. But we we're like, well, let's keep watching and let's keep setting up. We got to cut some firewood. It's going to get late fast, right? Um, we're rocking a hot tank. It's going to be probably in the low single digits that night. So we start working and we keep bouncing back and forth between the binoculars. And my cousin, he's like, hey, you got to come over here, man. I got three bulls. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> So to keep this roller coaster going, you know, we had that 36 hour drive out there and, uh, you know, I, I nodded to my cousin. I was like, you know, I've got the Arizona tag. So you get, you know, you get first real opportunity on an elk, right? It's all you, like, I'm not even touching the rifle. We decided to share a rifle you sure. know, until, until you put one down. Right. And this was it. I was like, great. Let's try to get one of these. And he's trying to line up all these things, you know, keep the story moving along too far they're moving too much they're too bedded but i think they're going to work their way up the ridge it's a matter of if they're going to do it now or in three hours right before dark right so I was, we've got a good quarter mile hike straight uphill to a spot where i think we can cut them off it's like we got to get up there let's go camp's going to have to wait firewood's going to have to wait if we want to kill an elk tonight so we run up there no sight of anything no sign can't see them. The angles have changed. I know that we can't go to the next bridge to look down on them because the wind wasn't right. It was going to just sure. send them running. So it was either like wait here, wait it out, or even hike back because it wasn't that far. See if we glass them, see what they're doing again. So we decided to hike back to camp. Again, same thing. They were still sitting there. Nobody's moving. So it's like, all right, let's, let's cut firewood and get water as fast as we can here and just keep watching. Of course, 15 minutes later, they start getting up. They start moving. We're, I mean, we're exhausted. I mean, this was 2,500 feet of elevation straight up, but with camp on our backs, you know, day one, no acclimation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was like, man, this is, you got to go. Like, you know, go to that same spot. They're either going to walk there or they're going to go over the top. So I figure you got a 50-50 chance of a bull walking in front of you. I'll cut firewood so that camp is ready, right? And this is no downplay on him, but he, he couldn't go, man. He was cramping up, you know, just kind of a safety yeah. thing. And he's like, well, I'm going. We're killing an elk tonight. So, I mean, I literally grabbed the rifle, didn't touch my pack or a flashlight or anything, just ran up there. And lo and behold, 20 minutes later, they start coming through single file line. <laughs> uh, you know, enough for me to range, get prone, watching them go. I see the bull coming. I see the bigger bull. He didn't get me a shot he did what big bulls do went a little higher into some thicker stuff and it was it was approaching dark now so i didn't really have much time to to move on him and that smaller bull stepped out and uh the rest is history man 280 yards one shot dropped in his tracks and and again just oh, the that's fantastic going through me of everything that just transpired through the day was yeah it was overwhelming uh, yep. i'm not gonna lie it was probably like the first time i ever killed a deer yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah, that is that is such a crazy good story. Wow, that's, that's deep. You've had a couple of. Uh, <laughs> I think you had two <laughs> best days of hunting there, Antonio. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's really a, a wild ride there. And so, did you? Uh, I mean, what'd you decide then? Uh, did did you go back to uh, back home like right away then, or yeah, did yeah. you? Get, no, no, no. Great question. So, so first that night too, like it was, I had 15 minutes to run up to that bull, take a harvest capture, by the way, uh, there you take go. a picture, you know, see the bull 
And at that point, I needed more clothing. I needed food. I needed light and fire. And we weren't terribly far. So I was like, I'm going to go back to kit, get my cousin. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to light a fire. We're going to change. And then hopefully, you know, muster up the energy to get back up there and cut them up and hang them. And we didn't even have the energy to carry meat back that night. But sure. we, we managed to do all of the above um, and then spend the next few days basically packing them off the mountain. Wow. We, we rode out that trip kept hunting you know checked in with the wife on a daily basis and things things were going well um and she encouraged me to stay and she was super excited for the uh for the elk yeah uh so you know that that was day one again like i had day one biggest meal deer of my life and day one that was my first bull elk ever yeah so awesome that's that is fantastic, man. Wow. Uh, Alex, we need to take Antonio hunting with us. He's got some serious luck there. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. first day luck. I've been back on that Arizona hunt for almost eight straight years and haven't shot a buck since. Oh. Yeah, well, so yeah, good. that's that's how it goes sometimes, I suppose. But, yeah, that's that's uh, still a really a, a fantastic um fantastic story all the way around uh of course uh you know my deepest sympathy and condolences to you and your wife uh going through that but uh it's nice when there can in in the midst of the grief and and the hardship and and all that uh you can have like that silver lining that that and I don't even know if silver lining is the right term there, but just another positive to kind of help lift, lift your spirits yeah. a little bit. Not that, not that hunting is anything compared to our, our families, to our kids. And I think you made that very clear with, with your willingness to drop it all and, and head home. But, um, you know, the, the, I think, you know, it's not, not necessarily the point of this conversation, but that story, you know, helps us remember how to put things in priority and how important communication is with our spouses and, and, uh, how it's, uh, it should be a, a team decision every time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, uh, was listening to a, another podcast yesterday at work and, uh, a very well-known name in the deer hunting industry, uh, was, uh, uh, talking and uh, the the host said, "What's something like if you could look go back to your twenty five year old self and uh, you know like pass on some words of wisdom either about hunting or life in general? What would it be?" And he said, "I wish I wouldn't have uh, hunted and fished so much, leaving my wife at home to just uh, you know be there with the kids." with me out having fun all the time. And, he, and, and he said, I think it would have saved my marriage, you know? So it's pretty, you know, wow. s- sad and somber story, but a good point there too, just that importance of just like Antonio did. Hey, if you know, this is bigger than, than this dream hunt is, is uh, taking care of things at home and things are good at home. Things are good on the hunt. So I think, uh, you handled it beautifully, man, that, that, uh, and, like a champ yeah you know and I, <laughs> I appreciate it gentlemen you know I'm, I'm a man of faith and i think things happen for a reason and uh absolutely you know, I've, got, I've got a nice euro mount with a real story behind it now tell you know my my daughters i have today and you know future generations about that day is a big day for the whole family so it's awesome absolutely may, man. may i commend you though on not a lot of people 
would have gone after the elk in the first place in that scenario. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like, because I can't just, you know, I didn't hear this whole story uh, to this whole as much detail. <laughs> he told me the story, but he, he kept a few things out, which which uh, made this one even better, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, with that said, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, especially if they don't have experience doing it, they would have not gone after that elk that night. And that could have been the difference of the whole hunt for them. Uh, obviously emotions and all that, I think, I think play a factor in everything, but just, uh, the commendable aspect of like, I'm getting an elk tonight Yep. and not letting it like that little extra bit of determination is the difference of like winning or losing. If you think about it. And that's, yep. that's why he was successful. You know, it has, has, not a lot to do with anything else besides the fact that he put the work in. And then he also said like, I'm already up here. I put the time in. I'm, I'm not failing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, had you not done that, who knows, maybe uh, they would have left, you know, in the middle of the night, early in the morning before shooting light. And uh, you know, you're sitting there scratching your head, wondering where they went. And now you got days on end trying to find, find more. And, and, you know, you're in a good spot, so you probably would have, but but you never know either when you got something right there in front of you, you got to make a play if possible. You take it. Yep. Yeah. I'm the aggressive one in, in my group of friends and hunters and tell, I'll tell you, it doesn't always work in my favor. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you hear it a lot of times guys talk about, uh, you know, Oh, you don't want to take an animal on the first day. Cause that cuts the hunt short. Uh, uh I mean, yeah, I see the point. I'm not going to pretend there's no there's no argument to to be made for that because that's not true. However, uh, you know, if if you don't take those opportunities, you really increase your risk of uh, of coming home empty-handed. So, to me, you know, just like in nature, if that was a if that was a grizzly bear, he wouldn't be going. Oh man, it's the first day I got out of here to go. You know, start looking for food. Right. I really wanted to w- wait another three days before I found something. You know, it's <laughs> he, he's going right, or a pack of wolves, or a, a mountain lion, because uh, you know they're opportunistic hunters. So I think I think there's a lot of wisdom there and being willing to just jump on it when you see a good opportunity. So yeah, I agree, Alex. Great point well mm-hmm. so that's your your hunting background is obviously very deep you got a, a lot of great stories um we've had i think only one guy on the podcast from uh new york who is a uh, uh big whitetail guy john teeter shout out to him he's a great guy uh for whitetail landscapes um so i know uh there's Really strong whitetail culture out there in New York, but uh, it's awesome to see your your uh, Western your dedication really to Western hunting, which I think is really cool. And Alex is definitely the guy to talk to for for putting you in those situations. I mean, normally I give a little commercial for Alex, but I don't think I really need to right now. I mean, the proof's in the pudding right there. You want to go shoot an Arizona elk on your first day? You might want to talk to Alex. Uh, he can he can uh, help you out with with the putting you in the right spot for sure. But uh, what about outside of hunting, man? What's uh, you got a couple kids? You got a wife? Uh, um, what what do you do for a job? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I do harvest score now. Uh, this is my this, this is my life. Um, awesome. But I 
I kind of grew up, uh, again, upstate New York, you know, did my schooling down closer to New York City. Okay. Uh, and ended up working in uh, kind of the finance and investment management industry for, for a number of years. Uh, and then same career brought me back to upstate New York, which was, which was great. You know, got to keep doing the things I was doing and got to be closer to my family farm. Sure. Uh, you know, you know, country communities kind of where I, where I grew up and like to be. So that was great. Um, working, you know, right in through, through the COVID, uh, pandemic, which was an interesting time for sure. And, uh, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial, kind of hustling on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father's always worked for himself. My whole family's been very entrepreneurial. It was always something just, just like, when was the time I was going to move away from corporate America and just kind of take some, take some serious risk and, and go build something. And, um, I think COVID helped. I think a lot of people yeah. say that too. Yep. COVID, I think um, seeing people change and, and even the loss of life to some people that were close to me, mm. both work and personal, you know, I'm sure we've all had some tough times over the past couple of years. And it was like the time is now. Yeah. Uh, I started to build this vision of Harvest Score. And um, while it's definitely different than my background, I, I have a, some strong correlations to it. And I, I'll leave you with, you know, I spent most of my career making a living basically looking at investment returns, whether it's a manager, a company, a business, you know, looking at the history of it, mm-hmm. meeting those people, assessing them, was this skill or was this luck? And do I think they can do it again? Right. And then making future predictions by, you know, willing to invest money uh, in something and, you know, either have, have success or not doing that. And, I look at Harvest Score effectively as the same thing. Uh, sure. A place to, you know, document your memories, your all your work you've put in over the years, right? Every deer that you put all that time into. And I don't care if it was, a, you know, your first doe or your kid's first doe, right? And mm-hmm. take that information and say, okay, what was skill? What was luck? You know, what was the data behind this? Uh, is this repeatable or not, right? And just like assessing my own information. And I think you'll see the app starts to create a little bit of like a more personalized data set, right? I mean, we can all look at harvest stats from the state. Um, mm-hmm. Every state's a little different, a little bit different uh, type of research. But um, when you get to start to create it for yourself, I think it's easier to interpret the data. You know, we're trying to simplify things. I think one of the things that made me fairly successful was not overcomplicating my work or, or thinking too hard about, you know, is this money manager an honest person or not, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Typically, most people get that feeling in their gut, right? Um, and and simplifying the, the, the statistical data and, uh, you know, applying it to future decision making. Mm, yeah, that's that's a great point. I figured there'd be some kind of overlap there, as there usually is. But I like how it's not as as uh, I don't know direct as you would expect. I guess I figured you were going to say, "Oh, I'm background in IT, you know, or or uh, you know, website construction, something like that," where where it would be like a very obvious, you know, correlation over to uh, building an app, you know, but. I like the, you know, you're, you're a data guy. And, uh, so you created an app to ma- to manage 
hunting and scouting and and uh you know everything else that we're going to hear about here in a second all that data is uh managed right there in the app so that's that's very cool so that brings us here to kind of the back half of the show harvest score just released on let's see uh the apple app store and uh google play correct that's right and how how recent is that release man uh today's the seventh we hit the uh apple ios store on 131 so seven days ago and sunday night on google play that's so awesome this is nice yeah this is this is a uh uh, a really fresh thing to be talking about. Awesome. That's great. Well, congratulations. That's a, that's gotta be a big moment for you, you know, uh, switching your career over to pursuing this. It probably, uh, felt a little stressful when you didn't even have a product on the shelf yet, so to speak. So it's gotta be, gotta be feeling pretty good, uh, to be launched. It's awesome. I've been playing with it. Oh, yeah. bad boy. Woo. Yeah, that's that's that Arizona mule deer, by the way. That three model on your phone right there. I, 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 I figured, figured there, yeah, something. I figured there was a story behind that. That's yeah, I, when that that's popped him. up, I was like, "That's somebody's." Whose is that? That's pretty cool, though. So, uh, uh, harvest score. Now, there's multiple layers to it. I'm not going to try to explain it because I don't know it well enough, and that's why we have Antonio here. But can you give us? Well, let's kind of like ratchet it up. So let's start very generally. What is what is the main the the we'll say the most general functionality for Harvest Score? Yeah, great question. So the the idea and premise really came about on just conversations again, my family and groups of people have had for years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're around camp or holiday dinner and you're talking about those hunting stories, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's got a story from this year or 10 years ago. And you start looking at your parents and your grandparents and saying, you know, they have the real stories when hunting was hard, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which by the way, I got I I'm glad you brought that up. So that in that same interview that I was just listening to, the the guy, no doubt about it, incredible deer hunter but uh he was doing a whole lot of that talk that you just mentioned back in the, he he was going on about how easy it is today for people to to shoot 150 plus inch bucks and how it's just so much easier now for that than it was back you know 30 years ago 40 years ago and and uh i i, I just find that to be ridiculous because uh the think of how much hunting habitat has been lost since then <laughs> since 30 or 40 now granted some of these states didn't even have deer hardly to hunt 30 or 40 years ago but anyways mm-hmm. it's, it's worth mentioning your your little uh joke there duly noted that is that is absolutely uh, <laughs> something that gets tossed around so you're right yeah, oh. so, you know we had the thought of there's got to be a place to, to start recording these things, right? Like, again, yeah. if I could look back at, you know, my, my father bought our farm uh, within like the days of when I was born. I'm 38, so we've owned it for coming up on, you know, almost 40 years now, right? And I can't even imagine the amount of deer he's harvested with him, you know, as a young kid. My dad is off the boat Italian, you know, broken English, 
all of his Italian friends would show up, right? And just like these trucks and Jeeps and guys in orange, heavy, heavy wool would just show up and start, you know, going all over our farm and come back with 10 deer hanging, right? Wow. (laughs) Heaven. And uh, it it just became fascinating to me. Like, I wish I had that information. I wish I knew what the bucks were like, right? What the like everything, how much it's changed over time. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, one of the primary features is just, what's the first thing every hunter does when they harvest a deer, when they walk up to it, it's, they take a picture already. Right. Yep. So you, you're not really changing your action. Take a picture through harvest score. It'll log that location for you. It logs the time and date. Right. And then from that information, we can get a whole bunch of data uh, once we're back in service and tie it to a, a record of yours. It's your record. Nobody else's uh, harvest score doesn't own that record. Right. It's, it's your data. Yep. Um, the, the other part of it is how many times you get into a deer hunting conversation or, or elk hunting conversation with anybody. And, hey, wait, let me show you that uh, that buck I got. Right. And the guy sits there for five minutes, scrolling through his Apple phone uh, or photos, trying to find that picture. Right. It's it's a lot of work. Uh, so I think we're going to help you organize a lot of that stuff. It's pretty easy uh, mm. to find your harvest. Right. Pretty easy to sort it. That functionality. Yeah. You know? um, and I think we pair that with scouting i think they go hand in hand uh obviously i think you know people are going to take a thousand to one harvest uh scouting photos to harvest capture photos right yeah Uh, trail cameras and cell phones uh i I tell most people as soon as you cross the mississippi you're basically uh cell phones and binoculars and in the east of the mississippi you're probably trail cams everywhere but i know it crosses (laughs) both (laughs) yeah it's a fair assumption probably you know there's overlap but it's uh you know, doesn't really matter how you get it. That scouting work that people do year-round, uh, as I've gotten older and more interested in using information and data and looking in the past uh, to my future hunts is is so valuable, right? Uh, and you know, you talked about shed hunting, right? And uh, I saw mm-hmm. some of your posts and too. You know, being a couple of my friends, uh, my, my Western friends, I realized how big shed hunting was. When they were like, oh, I took the first week of April off. And I'm like, what for? And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going camping and shed hunting you know, yeah. a whole week. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, but, you know, capturing that spot, right? You know, yep. if it's public land, it's, you know, it's a little harder to keep track of all these spaces versus, you know, your own personal property. I think a lot of people know the personal property really well, but still a good way to start you know, recording these locations uh, that you find these things, whether it's uh, you saw a buck, whether you found a shed, maybe you found, you know, where all the dough are hanging out in your bedding areas, but it's kind of like live action. I know you can pin a lot of the stuff on the mapping apps today, uh, but the idea is like taking those photos that you're already taking, loading them up and extracting a lot of data out of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see the value there and I always wish I was, more disciplined with with that kind of data taking because imagine you know i'm sitting here thinking imagine how powerful it would be to have all that data just put on a map for you like if i could if i could snap my fingers and go back in time and say i'm gonna have every shed i ever picked up in my whole life put on this map Man, I would see some trends when I zoomed in on those different regions. You know what I mean? I by like looking at the satellite imagery or something like that. I would just see okay, there's all these common features. There's, you know, and then from there, you know that where 
bucks are hanging out during the shedding time of year is not the same in a lot of ways as where they're hanging out in October or November, but you'd be able to look there and be like, okay, which farm is he probably hanging out on in October? Which three farms, you know, could you, you could narrow it down for sure from just a shed hunting standpoint, or even, you know, you go and you, when you're shed hunting, you mark every scrape that you come across or every rub mm-hmm. line. And, and uh, yeah, if you could compile that data, I think we would uh, probably know a lot more about deer than what we do now or whatever else, you know, if you're an elk hunter or, or a mule deer hunter or whatever, even a bear hunter, you know, there's. You're taking have- the context right out of my release notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end game, right? The end game is, you know, these, these are your data points. You put the work in building them. Let you overlay on your own map what you want, right? You, yep. know, you created it, turn them off, turn them on. Um, I'm a big, big fan of, you know, simple database tools that allow you to drill down in your data, however you want to see it. Right. I mean, we may recommend here's some decent trends, but you know, we I think everybody looks at it a little bit different way. Some guys are real excited about the moon. Some guys don't care. Yeah, right. That's right. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. And, you know, maybe having this app too would kind of like give you the nudge to be more disciplined with it. You know, I think a lot of times when people know they should be doing something, but they don't do it, it's because they don't already have a good system in place and the amount of energy they anticipate needing to go into building that system keeps them out of the game. So uh, I think, uh, I think that there's multiple levels of value there for sure. From, from that standpoint. So, one of our big goals is really to make this simple and, and, you know, we had to start somewhere, but it actually, our goal is to make it easier. Right. So, you know, you, you talked about thinking about us as a data company, think of us also as like a, a vision software technology company. Right. So in a couple of releases coming up, eventually it's going to just tell you what kind of deer it is. It's going to tell you if it's a male or a female and pre-populate all this stuff for you. Right. Right. So, so as I'm looking at the app now, I'm in the app. So right on the first, the home. So down at the bottom left, uh, this would be a great time. By the way, what is is the app's free right now? Is that correct, Antonio? The app is free today. Probably free for for a little while. Um, so definitely, we hope people you know get used to it, enjoy using it while they can. And uh, as you can imagine, some of the features we're going to launch, they're expensive to even provide. Yep. No, you got to make money. You know, it's almost, don't feel like you have to apologize for that, Antonio. I think, (laughs) I think we've, uh, (laughs) somehow in, in human history, we all got accustomed to everything being free, which is the stupidest thing ever. But, uh, Antonio's got to eat his, his kids need braces. I don't know. Maybe they don't, but, but the point being they got to, he's got to make money. And so if he's going to do this for a job, he's got to charge for this. So if you're going to sit here, no, you need to pay, you need to pay good people to do good work. So don't apologize for the features, uh, costing the user money down the road. I think that, that people need to be reverse trained on that. That's totally normal. But anyways, uh, so as you go ahead, get the app, and uh, if you're listening into this right now, unless you're driving, if you're driving, pull over. 
Might find a shed anyways. It's shed season. Uh, pull over and uh, open up the Harvest Score app and look down at the uh, bottom left corner. Make sure you have home selected. So I'm going to have uh, uh, Antonio walk us through a few features here. So we got, I'm on the home page. There you can see Hercules. So that's the, uh, that's the old uh, crazy rut action buck, huh? That's the rut action buck that sucked me into Western hunting for life. <laughs> Man, he's got a cool, crazy rack. That is awesome. I like that left side. Just looks all like kind of weird looking compared to his, even his right side. Those kind of funky. That's, that's an awesome looking buck, man. I like it a lot. Okay. Let me make sure you're doing this right. You're spinning them around with your fingers, right? Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. He looks much more symmetrical now. I see. But <laughs> he still has that cool. He's got that little flyer coming off on the back of his, uh, on his uh, left side there. That's pretty cool. Really cool. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I need to, Alex, I need to go mule deer hunting. We need to get this set up, man. But anyways, uh, so we got, we're on here on the home screen. We got the harvest capture button. We got the scouting capture and the 3D capture. Can you uh, start us with the harvest capture? I assume we just, that you would click that if you, you know, right after you tag something or uh, maybe in the shed hunting side of things, maybe you uh, just picked up a shed. Would you hit the harvest capture button? You hit scouting capture. Okay, scouting for the yep. shed, I would do scouting shed, capture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for if I tag a buck, it's harvest capture. That's right. Okay. So you you can build two collections uh, in the app. You have your harvest collections and you have your scouting collections. Sure. Uh, inside your scouting collections, you can create an album for whatever you want, right? Specific deer, property type, uh, game management unit, state, shed hunting, um, you know, deer on other people's property, whatever, right? Uh, your, your harvest capture is designed intentionally to be every time you harvest a game animal, you're already walking up to it, taking that picture, snap it through a harvest capture, <clears throat> you know, populate a couple points of data, uh, and it's like stamped in your profile for life, right? That's the goal. And then okay. um, we generate these really nice reports for you, which will grow. Uh, you'll eventually be able to add more photos behind them. Uh, you'll also be able to connect, ideally, your scouting album of a particular animal, animal that hopefully you harvest at one point, right? When you're tracking that particular buck for two or three years and you finally get them and kind of close the loop on all that work you put in for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I like that. So so then you go over the scouting capture. So I'm shed hunting. I come across a big like hub scrape. I take a picture of that. Boom. That goes in there. I mark down the information on it, find a, a rub line. Boom. Do a scouting capture, bedding area, scouting capture, so on and so forth. Correct. Yep. You basically take that picture. You decide what album you want to drop it in. Um, it's already grabbing the time and date. And uh, if you had your phone settings, correct it grabs your location oh okay uh, if, you don't, if you don't want to allow location which i know a lot of people are particular about you can manually drop the location yourself so you okay. have the data right yourself, right i, I think it's yeah let's, user preference 
let's let's get into that real quick because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, people out there that, and, and for good reason to some ex, you know some extent, good old Ed Snowden helped uh, open up uh, everybody's eyes on how all their data is tracked and everything. But but people yeah. are probably a little concerned about that the you know the location having that turned on on their phone, and uh, um, also I imagine. In order to do the harvest capture, you have to grant access to your camera on your your phone. So people probably worry about Russia spying on them in their underwear. Can you uh, can you put that uh, put those fears to rest for listeners? Yeah, definitely. So so we nailed all the points. The app works the smoothest by allowing those features. Um, mm-hmm. You can manually do everything. You can actually take a photo with your phone that you already have an existing photo upload it manually drop the location you don't ever need to turn the actual tracking on uh you know those location features and camera features being accessible by the app just make it work faster and smoother for you so i think it's uh right. if you want the benefit of the yeah. app you can go either route um it's kind of what you're comfortable with and i'll be honest with you i'm that guy i don't have conspiracy theories but i don't allow tracking on any apps i use <laughs> outside yep. of like the mapping app you know, yeah right yeah yeah I, right. I, I do the same uh, thing I, I mess around with i mess around with it when um you know when you had texted me that uh, antonio and um you know, i mess around with like plugging your location and uploading a photo and all that and, um i mean on a listener point of view if you download the app uh it is way easier <laughs> to just let it go you know what i mean because it's like i hate to say it but like if you have those fears like using your pins and all the stuff and on x maps like if that was the thing everybody would just be blowing up all your own stuff so i don't don't think uh uh, i don't think antonio is mad scientist uh on the back end going like oh here was this bowl i'm gonna go try to shoot this one next year thank you for that scouting report it's interesting i, I have a, a good development team and i work with a lot of different people to help me build this and one of the biggest statements i tell every single person as they get onboarded or involved is hurting or giving away the location of our customers makes us have no business no company like that is the ultimate offense right and we want you to have your location data your gps coordinates when you look at a harvest report you can see them you can hide them obviously it's designed so that you can tag the county town state game game management unit right for your own records yeah Um, there will be features where like alex could share his harvest report with kent which is like a personal sharing thing right and then you can decide to share your location or not right and just allowing those features let the user make the choice right um this data is not going anywhere out of our back end it's it's literally designed for you to make and run your own analytics um however you see fit yep well you know it may seem ridiculous to have that conversation but a lot of people they they do wonder about that and i've i have wondered that so many times too alex about like the onyx thing like man i wonder if uh onyx developers or or uh you know spartan forge or whoever could like see all my my waypoints but uh no it's it's a ridiculous fear so uh 
I, I, uh, I'm glad that we had that conversation. I think it's important to talk about that. Okay, so now the 3D capture. How does the 3D capture work? I'm, I think that's what Hercules is here, right? Where I can. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about 3D capture. So we believe one of the biggest elements of what we're building, and a lot of uh, where the hardest work we put in is the vision technology to effectively take a video of your harvested animal create a two-scale, accurate, create clean 3D model, and eventually we're going to automatically score it for you. Okay. So that's that's see, really cool. So the automatic scoring will, will like, how, how uh, like, down to the inch, down to the half inch? What are you thinking there? Man, we I've done a lot of testing, and let me give you more details of what it's doing in the app today. But we've gotten pretty successful at like 1% accuracy rates um, from like real physical measurements, right? Wow. Um, I, I, feel, I feel it's not worth putting out if you can't be below 10, hopefully 5% or better, right? And, yeah. our, and our goal, I think I say this somewhere in the app and like the tips or updates and news and, you know, I love scoring systems. I kind of like them all. I like putting game animals on an equalized scale. And honestly, I, I think people underrate assessing quality of the animal based on your location and region. Yeah. Right. I, I, every one of us is, you know, ex super excited to even come close to a Pope and Young or a Boone and Crockett buck. And that is an awesome accomplishment. For but sure. But you got to set your goals and expectations. You know, some places you are hunting, they're just not there. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's part of the goal here is as we start to build a, bigger database and a lot of people kind of uploading their scores is being able to say, Hey, this game management unit in New York and this one in Iowa and this one in Michigan, like this is what you should expect. Here's the statistical right. curve of animals that have been harvested over the past couple of years. Right. We think that's really valuable data. Um, the 3d modeling cleanly accurately from a mobile phone and then the automatic scoring, I'm going to be very clear, is really hard to do. Like, yeah. That's where most of our building is. A lot of people have been trying to do this. There's all kinds of patents out there in the industry. There's a lot of products that try to do this in different ways. We're familiar with a lot of the technology. Um, we haven't released that full feature. And you can see that when you go into the 3D capture. It says it's coming. Sure. What we've left open for you effectively is if you take a video of your antlers, when we do push it, it will go back into your captures and actually generate the model for you. Oh, that's awesome. Got it. That's cool. Yeah, that's really it's a, cool. It's a lot of work, right? And again, I don't want to release it when it's not working. Yep. Um, let me be clear. I can build really good 3D models, as you can see by the, the yeah. one on the home screen. Yeah, Hercules looks great. The automated though. measuring, that is the challenge. And Yeah, I can see we're that. We're certainly going to start with like a more typical deer and you know, non-typical within reason. There's some deer that just have wild racks that just make the scoring. <laughs> they're going to they're going to break the machine. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, that makes that makes complete sense. It's it's uh, 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 totally understandable there, and I'm excited for that feature. You know, um, I got a certain tool. I won't name it uh, is for a Christmas present. I asked for it this year just because I wanted a quick scoring tool. Um, everyone, oh. the, th the three of us have, uh, I'm sure, seen it advertised all over uh, Instagram and Facebook and everything else. But uh, 
I got to say, and maybe I just need to do a little more research into it. But um, uh, when Caleb and I used it, I do feel like, I, so the positives would be, I do feel like we got like a, a really solid ballpark, but I do not have, I do not have like total total confidence not even close to total confidence i have some confidence in uh how how the tool worked uh, there are just too many things that were like seemed unexplained in that so um, i'm excited for something much more like this that i know there's there's a uh, set process and i know what some of the the you know ways that it, that it's going to be working other than what I see, you know, is is going to be a little bit more uh, reliable because I think that's quick scoring thing. You know, going back to what you really introduced, like the purpose of Harvest Score, it's to help more fully tell the story, really. And, uh, you know, when you're sitting there with your buddies and you just harvested something, they want to know what it scores, you know, to be able to have that capability here soon and, uh, you know, to be able to just pull it up on your phone and kind of like really because yeah i don't know if you i imagine you guys are the same way but when i shoot something and it's off at the taxidermist i go back all the time and look at those pictures again what did his rack look yeah. like again what did, you know what did he and to be able to have that 3d where you can just kind of like move the thing around just like you would if you had that mount in your hands um you you to have that capability that'd be really really cool so I, I love it. I think it's a great thing and it's worth waiting for. And again, it's worth paying for. So, uh, you know, when, when the time comes to, to buy these features, uh, count me in for sure. And, and I know Alex will be as well. And if you're listening into this, I uh, hope you will be too. So before we, uh, end this one, Antonio, can you give us like maybe, I mean, you've, you've spelled it out for us over the last half an hour here, but can you give us like a five minute synopsis on the best way to use harvest score? So somebody downloads the app, um, you know, the features that, that maybe you, well, I, I won't do that because I don't want you to to release any trade secrets or anything like that. But based on what, based on what the capability is, is now, um, what would be the best way for, for a guy to go about using it or a gal to go about using it? You know, based on the time of year right now too, it's a, I think it's a great time to become familiar with the app, download it. One of the cool things is in in the off season, I say off season, it's shed season and spring Turkey and bears coming, but you can, you can spend time adding, you know, your last five years of harvest, you probably have the photos, right? Start building sure. your collection and album now. Start doing it when you're on the weekend, hanging out with your buddies or your friends, right? And yeah, that's a great point. It's really cool when it starts to come together and you start scrolling through, you know, your album, right? And it, mm-hmm. I relate it to, like, I don't equi- uh, equate us to Facebook, but like what Facebook was when it first launched for college students. Yeah. It was like, you were building your own real like legacy and personal profile just about you. Right. And yep. share with your close friends. And, and we like that concept. So build those harvest reports, um, start looking at the data, uh, start looking at your trends. And, you know, one thing I ask any user to do is it's really easy to give us feedback. 
there's a contact us form in the app on the website. I'm willing to take feedback from anybody, good or bad. Uh, I'm willing to get on a phone call with anybody or a, a video conference to talk about it. Love so it. I, I welcome that for sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think you can really, really build out the scouting, right? With the, with shed season, you've got all those trail camera pictures, right? Go pick, uh, you know, the hundred to two hundred that were really meaningful of the bucks you were targeting, mm-hmm. right? And you start building those albums. You're you're already laying the groundwork for twenty twenty three deer season, right? Yep. That's true. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Now that made me think of so that the. the the trail camera side of that, that made me think of one more question here. Um, is there going to down the road, maybe be a desktop version of harvest score. So if someone like, you know, they take their SD cards or whatever, and they, they're uh, downloading their pictures from their trail cameras onto their computer, would there be a seamless way to do that? Or is probably the best way to, you know, if you have like a Apple, deal you could airdrop from your computer to your phone and then upload them from your photo roll or um you know like google drive or something like that if somebody's on an android man kent do you want to just come work for harvest score <laughs> i already got a dream job buddy <laughs> as, as, we are, as we are speaking uh what's called the progressive web app which is the, the desktop and computer version is is being built with a target completion of two to three weeks which is exactly that. You've got 200 photos. You want to upload them one shot. That's where that's going to happen. Honestly, the the mobile app versions are obviously on the go. Build it, share with family, friends, operate mm-hmm. the tools. We all know what research is. That's what Alex does at East to West Hunts. You know, you're researching all the time on your properties and maps. Like, we're really excited actually about the desktop version and where that's going to. Uh, progress into where you go to actually now start to look at all this. You mentioned earlier, sure. you know, man, if I could look at my map with the 200 sheds I found over the last five years and all those points and start drawing little lines on my map, um, you're going to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, that's a, that's a great way to, to kind of leave. I don't want to say finish the conversation because this is going to be something that continues to grow and develop. Um, uh, constantly, I'm sure, but it's a great cliffhanger to, uh, leave our, uh, listeners with, uh, Hey, jump in the game, get this app, already get it at the, uh, Apple store and you can get it at, uh, Google play. So make sure you head over there, get that down and then just be kind of, you know, keep an eye out for these new updates, these new services that are going to be added. And, uh, it's definitely worth it to, subscribe to those uh services as well and uh you know like we talked about earlier maybe it's a good way to give you that little nudge to be a little more disciplined with uh logging your data from uh your scouting time and and you know making that those shed hunting trips this spring uh have more lasting value beyond just you know the shed hanging uh or or sitting somewhere in your your house you know have that other information you f- i find probably 100 to 1 would be the ratio of rubs to sheds every every year and uh if you could if you could log that away and the same goes for scrapes and bedding areas and 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 even deer sightings too you know uh you can put all that stuff 
uh, into a log. And after a few years, you're going to really have your hunting areas kind of figured out. So uh, I, I would encourage anyone to jump on board with it. Alex, did you have anything you wanted to add from a hunt planning side of things? You know, I, I think I'm going to evolve with it just like the app itself is going to evolve. Um, sure. You know, best case uses and, and kind of, I, you know, to be honest, I'm just thinking about the east versus west style of how to utilize it best. Yeah. And, um, you know, I agree with you. Like, I'm just, I'm actually right now on, on, a, on the web version of, I'm just looking at Onyx and I'm kind of looking at data points and saying, where are those clusters? Just like we were talking about, like, you're going to see the same same deal over time if you hunt the same area you know you're probably going to be um you know finding the same groupings in, the, in similar areas or you're going to see similar trends in, in where you're finding animals and you could look at different ridges or, or whatnot so I, I think the scouting aspect is huge i think you can use trail cameras everywhere it just well, obviously depends on the state but ironically arizona uh, that gets the, a little complicated <laughs> correct like that, 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 that popped up and i know like utah is kind of playing that game potentially yeah montana a little bit too yeah. yeah but you know on the east side of things i mean think about it i mean how often do we have trail cameras out we're just constantly looking at, at photos and to have them in one place i think that's I think that's pretty huge versus us sitting there putting the data points together and mad scientisting the whole thing. You know, I, yep. I like, I like data. Uh, however, it's time consuming. And, and the reality of it is, is if you can get something to help you with that, it's a great uh, use of your time. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I got a, a, a teaser tool coming for, uh, I'll give you a little drop of what's to come for you. Yeah. Shed Hunter is, uh, we'll be able to do, shed reconstruction for the ones that are you know chewed up or broken Um, if you only find one shed and you have pictures of that deer before the sheds we'll probably be able to guesstimate and build you the other shed digitally oh Um, man that is fantastic we should be able to do like projection of what his antler should look like next year Wow, that is cool. That is cool. I want to talk to you more about that because I have I have a shed that got away that uh, I've always wanted to have a rec- and I have pictures of it uh, and I'd love to I'd love to <laughs> oh man it was it was I can only laugh it was a heartbreaker I tried so hard to get permission to get that thing i it was a road shed i spotted out in this cut bean field and it was a dandy um but uh no no dice on getting permission so uh no i love that i think that's fantastic i think it i I mean there's a ton of scouting value there too just um you know a lot of guys like to uh, collect sheds off the same buck for multiple years to kind of track his progression you know that can help guys make a decision if they're if you're a real hardcore deer hunter like maybe a mark kenyon or something um where you've been following the same bucks for a couple years on trail camera from seeing them out in the field and you're wondering okay is he you know is he peaking is he going to kind of go downhill here if i don't take him this year well the sheds can kind of help you decide on that so having that reconstruction thing coming up that's a that's a great little teaser that you, you sold me on it man 
you're it was on the private property too you know you could have just taken a picture with your through your binoculars and pinned it now you know he's there even though you can't go on that that's right that's right oh man yeah so i, I once we end this call i have a i have an idea i want to i want to run by you but but uh Oh, you know, I'm obsessed, Alex. You, I can't, oh, can't, can't you know what, literally what I'm thinking? I literally just now thought, can't we get to the point where he, he would drop this thing on a map and he'd, <laughs> he'd figure out how to wire a drone <laughs> to this app and it'd have like one of those little claws that would come down and grab it so he's not trespassing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you had the airspace. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so good. You've heard of the corner crossing debate. What about the drone shed hunting debate? Yeah, not with uh, that one. Uh, you might start it. <laughs> uh, violate somebody's airspace. Yeah, going shed hunting. But yeah, so this is super exciting. Very, uh, very happy to to see you're in the game now it's on, it's available for for uh, download soon to be for sale, and uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, how can people follow along, Antonio? Uh, we're getting rolling on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Harvest Score. Awesome. Um, and we got our website, harvestcore.com, where the blog will be launching and connect in all those ways and uh, a lot yeah. of stuff to make this thing come, come together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's a great tool that's going to be available to all of us and and hopefully a lot of people get on board with it but yeah definitely head over there on instagram and facebook start following along and uh uh what's the website at what's the url one more time yep www.harvestscore.com harvestscore.com be sure you head over there and check that out also though don't forget about our other guy on the call head over to eastwesthunts.com get yourself a sweet awesome hunt plan like uh two of his clients have that are on this call um good old antonio there with his awesome uh elk story and then you know uh bits and pieces of my bear story this spring we're gonna do the bear hunting episode alex we're gonna bring edwin on here bring rast on here do a little recap get people excited for uh spring bears coming up but uh yeah i I, rasty and i came home with a bear and a huge part of that was uh because of alex uh the the i mean just he he got us in the right spot so uh if that sounds like something you're interested in you know filling tags out west or wherever (laughs) talk to alex East to West Hunts, uh, then don't forget that promo code FIRSTGEN10. You can even save yourself 10% off of that. Or you can find them at the old address too, alexgruen.com, and give him a follow on Instagram, Facebook as well. And then don't uh, forget about all of our other guys that co-host from time to time. You got uh, Caleb at All American Outdoorsman uh on instagram and then uh you can also find brandon and his his crew over at the hunt fish life on facebook and hunt fish life on instagram and finally last but not least if you have not another great app that goes that plays well into scouting plays well into hunting season uh shed season as well i use it a ton for shed hunting caleb and i do um is of course our presenting sponsor spartan forge uh such a great uh teammate to have in the game and uh you know they they mean bill means a lot to me he's a great guy but he's 
not just because of that, because he's built a truly helpful tool that's very affordable and uh, offers a lot more uh, than uh, uh, you may expect for such the affordable price. Um, it's really the the leader i i feel uh and i and i've used multiple mapping apps in the past and uh uh there's none better than spartan forge in my opinion of course the deer behavior prediction based on scientific data uh is uh super helpful as well and i have found to be uh very accurate so make sure you get signed up with spartan forge as well start subscribing to those services start hunting in a more educated manner well thank you so much guys for jumping on for this episode it's a ton of fun getting to know you antonio and yeah, uh you. hope to uh cross paths with you some more down the road man absolutely Looking yeah. forward to you guys' input after a little time behind the app. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely get that to you. And until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Take care and take someone hunting.